0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from Anaheim, California. The Oilers and Ducks tomorrow night. We're going to head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and go to our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock. W-I-L-H-A-U-K, today. We welcome back to the show uh, one of the most plugged in men in the business, and he's been breaking a lot of the junior stuff that's been happening, uh, as well as uh, a big part of what Sportsnet does, uh, Jeff Merrick. Jeff,
1: it's Bob. How you doing? Uh, Bob, how are you? Uh, I'm well. How are you? How's Anaheim? Wet. It is <laughs> now th- let me let me let me let me ask you this as as far as Anaheim goes I I picked Mason McTavish for the Calder at the beginning of the year he didn't have a good training camp uh there was a little bit of an injury issue as well afterwards but are you getting the soap and wa- warm water Calder trophy feeling for Mason McTavish now
0: I think Mason McTavish is going to be a hell of a player and uh i'm surprised that he's going to be that like right now it's looking like he's going to be considerably more impactful offensively long term than shane Wright. Yep. and i would not yep. have thought that a couple of years ago especially based on how well Wright played in the uh, the u18 that one year in dallas but you know but got 26 points and 41 games on a bad club they're a bad team albeit a bad team that beat edmonton the only time they played them this season Mm-hmm. I think They got the worst goal differential in the
1: NHL, so it's interesting. Yeah. There's going to be, there's still going to be a couple of years of pain there with Anaheim. We all know what's going to happen, whether it's Klingberg, whether it's Shattenkirk, etc. To, to me, to me, Anaheim's in that spot right now where you you don't judge them on the wins and the losses. Yep. I think they're at that spot, Bob, where you say there's only one question you have for the Ducks, and that is, are the kids getting better? That's it. That's it. That's all you ask. About uh,
0: well, we, we've been there, and you can imagine the exasperation, frustration in oil country right now when they see the Oilers with the 10th best winning percentage in the uh, Western Conference. Uh, they basically, you know, they were 8-6 before Evander King got hurt and they've gone 13 12 and 3 with him out he's been a big loss let me ask you this do you think the Oilers need to address their defense before the deadline because it might be too late by then
1: um I'm and again, like it's really hard right now because everyone's like, look how many teams are in LTIR. Look how many teams are totally capped. It's real hard to do all this. If I'm the Oilers, I'm like I know they want to give Broberg the long look here, but I I, I do it as soon as I can, as as soon as it's available to me. Um, I tend to, and maybe it's just because you know I'm I'm in the East and not right there, but I tend to not panic about Edmonton. I really, I, I, I don't panic about the Oilers. I think when, when Kane comes back, um, that'll certainly change the complexion of this team. Like at, at this point, because these, these are dog days, right? Like we've seen Edmonton go through this before, and this is a time in the schedule, you know, this Bob, where, where teams can kind of have a dip, and we've seen it before. So I look for like little victories and you know, little things that 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 catch my eye. I know that was a tough one last night against the Los Angeles Kings, and listen, Fiala has been red hot, and Phoenix Copley is flat out save LA's season. That's the L.A. story. But I'll tell you, the, the one player that I've been really impressed with, and again, there he was last night, and we didn't see this in St. Louis, even though St. Louis has been trying to find some type of edge or bite to their game. Man, I'm super impressed with Clem Costin. I, I really am. Like, I don't know ultimately what's, what's going to happen when, when Kane comes back, etc., but I've really been impressed with this guy's game, his eagerness, his uh, his personality, his aggressiveness, his willingness—like I'm, I'm really impressed with this guy, Bob.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's obvious when Kane comes back, it's not Costin coming out of the lineup. They're gonna have to move some money down to the farm. Uh, I mean, if you ask our listeners right now, they tell you Costin's got to play out of Warren Fogle all day, who wow. w- was a, a guy that drove the net with the puck in Carolina but he also played with jordan stall and we're seeing this year with uh, martin who can stall together with jordan's you know or, yeah. what he could do in terms of a bottom six role uh, which you know the orders in a perfect world the orders add which defenseman for you a, a puck mover on the back end or a shutdown guy on the left side what do you think
1: i keep looking at Gabrikoff in columbus that 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 one to me seems to be the uh, uh the obvious one um like there's always going to be other names that pop up and and that we're not you know fam- uh, that we don't necessarily associate with. But to me, Gabrikoff and Columbus seems seems to me. To make the most sense to me, it's uh, I, I. If I'm Edmonton, I want I want someone that can defend. That's that's what I would be looking at. What do you think? Well, he's a two eight cap hit. Uh, concerned about his puck moving
0: abilities, and I don't think he'd resign here, uh, which would be you know I maybe, maybe you don't need him to. Maybe you can recalibrate your decor. He has to be, merit some consideration. What are you hearing on Checkman in terms of price point?
1: Uh, i don't I don't think that they've budged. I keep hearing that it is something similar to that Minnesota San Jose Brent Burns deal, which is essentially um, a first round pick, a high level prospect, and a player who may or may not have been a, a first round pick himself. Um, and it doesn't seem as if, much to the frustration of Jacob Chikorin and his representation, it doesn't look like Arizona is in any hurry for this one. I think they're, they're, they're content to wait and wait and wait until they get their, um, until they get their, their price point. Um, and there are a lot of teams, like from, from what I've been led to believe, there's been a lot of teams that are fine with two of those three pieces. They're just hung up on the last one. So whether it's the first rounder and the high prospect, whether it's uh, established, you know, a young player and a first round pick, it's that third piece that seems to be the holdup. Uh, I know there are a lot of teams that have been around Chickman for, for a while now, um, you know, whether it's Columbus, whether it's, you know, the Islanders, whether it's, you know, the Buffalo Sabres who do make some sense to me, that's a, that's a, that's a young deed that they're going with there, but it, it seems as if still, a lot of the smart money is still on the Los Angeles Kings. Um, they've got a lot of defensemen that they can play with in trade. They have a lot of prospects they can play with in trade. And listen, this is a team that's flirting with the top spot in the division. And the way that Chikrin is the way that has played uh, is only you know strengthening Arizona's resolve. That you know, it's not as if he came back off the injury and has had like you know a, a, a mediocre play at all. He's been real good. Like he's gonna ha- he's gonna help a team. I think what a lot of squads are concerned about is long term health. But I don't think Arizona's in any hurry to do this. I think they're gonna wait till they get their price point, and only then are they gonna pull the trigger. But if I'm if I'm a gambling man, I'm, I'm probably saying Los Angeles here.
0: Jeff, we have about four minutes with you. Speaking of Arizona, you put a tweet out today on Gil- on Dylan Gunther who, yep. uh, as you know, missed the Memorial Cup. That was a huge loss for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yep. They lost their primary trigger man. What are you hearing uh is, on, on the latest on a guy who is Edmonton Oil Kings property? Is there a potential yep. for him to return to the WHL this year?
1: There is. I know that um, you know they want to have. There's a, they they want Gunther to play as much as he can. You, I'm I'm curious what happens with Mchelly when he comes back. How much ice time will that dig um, from from someone like Dylan Gunther? And at that point, do you say to yourself, this kid needs to play more minutes than we can give him here in uh, in Arizona? Like I think Andre Tourney is an excellent coach for someone like Dylan Gunther. First of all, so when he does uh, arrive full time with the Arizona Coyotes, he's going to have a real good coach that has an excellent track record of working with young hockey players but I would I would not be surprised if at some point Arizona sent him back to the uh, to the Western Hockey League which is why you know there are teams that are making their contingency deals right now with uh, with Edmonton I would I would definitely put you know Saskatoon in that mix. I mean, Kamloops has, and we all know what Kamloops has done. And Seattle's made big moves. I, there's not a lot of teams that have a lot of bullets in the chamber right now to even make a uh, to even make deals that are all based on contingencies. That's why I would probably put Saskatoon at the front of the line. But make no mistake about it, there are teams that are that are making their deals right now or, or at least, you know, talking to Edmonton about putting together packages all contingent on him obviously getting sent back to the Western League at some point this season. Four number ones for Zellweger and all that shows us is Ooh.
0: there's there's no way that Conor Bedard's moving, right?
1: Correct. And you know what? I'll tell you what. You know what that does in a lot of ways? I've thought a lot about this, and I've thought a lot about John Paddock, and I've thought a lot about Conor Bedard and the Regina Pats, and we all understand, you know, that ownership wants to, you know, they want to hear, you know, drafted first overall from the Regina Pats, not drafted first overall from the Kamloops Blazers um, at the draft in Nashville. I think this adds a whole other layer of desirability. For NHL teams. Not that you necessarily have to sell Conor Bedard on the scouts, but your fan base now knows that this is a player that, even despite the fact that he could have gone to an elite level squad, said, No, I'm going to stay in the fight here with Regina. Um, he's a loyal hockey player. We could all re- recall the interview after the gold medal win where he didn't want to talk about his stats. He just wanted to talk about the team. Like all of this, you know, all of this is catnip Bob for bottom-feeding teams that are going to win the lottery, whether it's Chicago, um, whether it's Columbus, any of these squads. Like, all of a sudden, your fan base looks at this player – and if you have anyone, you know, who's, who's on the fence about, you know, is he going to report and all that, that's done. And now your fan base can look at Conor Bedard and point to him and say, A, elite level player can help redo your franchise and B, he's loyal. He's not going to get drafted by a team and show up with donkey lip and pout about where he is. He's gonna get drafted, he's gonna roll up his sleeves and he's gonna get to work. To me, I've thought a lot about this. The fact that he doesn't want to be traded and doesn't want to take the easy route to the Memorial Cup despite all odds against them, to me that makes him even more attractive for some of the teams that are gonna be in the lottery.
0: You know we've discussed this privately in the in the past. I mean, Edmonton at an NHL level has had some unique challenges recruiting at times with the procurement of players. Think I know Erie, not every player. Ryan O'Reilly was not Erie's first choice that year. A guy who went number one in the draft was. But Ryan O'Reilly went to Erie. Connor McDavid went to Erie. It's not the number one destination place in the OHL. I think of all the talented guys that have gone to Prince Albert over the years. No disrespect to Prince Albert. They have a similar challenge in the WHL that Edmonton has in the NHL. Leon went from Europe to PA. Uh, Kane Gooley went to Prince Albert. There's a kid this year out of Edmonton, a six foot three, 190 pound right shot center. Uh, Keaton Verhof, a defenseman, uh, he's probably going to end up going to Prince Albert. I'm pretty sure Jerry Johansson's going to tell him it's a great place for you. And it does send the scouts a message, doesn't
1: it, when those Big guys time. go there? Big time. Big time. Because And that's the thing, too. Like I know a lot of kids get you know wrapped up in the day-to-day and week-to-week and month-to-month. And what are my peers doing? What are my buddies doing? And this guy's on the number one team. I want to get there. I want to play with my buddy. Does it not give you the impression that Connor Bedard is taking a real long view of his career here? that you yes. know I'm not going to sweat even something like the memorial you know getting to the memorial cup or winning the western hockey league championship here i am i am creating myself for the NHL, I need to make myself as desirable as possible for any team that drafts me first overall. This, to me, adds a, a whole other layer to Connor Bedard. That, and you're right. Like Taylor Hall would have gone first overall in that OHL draft, but he wasn't going to Erie, so Ryan O'Reilly went first overall. And you're bang on about Connor McDavid. And then one of the great stories about McDavid, you know, his first skate with the Erie Otters. He's still wearing his, you know, Marley's minor midget AAA, you know, gloves. Uh, Because, well, I haven't made the Erie Otters yet, so I'm not going to wear anything from the Erie Otters. Like, it's that, like, there are only certain players that are cut out like that, Bob. You know who they are. Like, you've covered all these guys. Like, there's a certain type of unique mentality that certain players have that others just simply don't. And these are the guys that refuse to take the quote-unquote easy way out and just try to force their way to an elite-level team.
0: Awesome. We'll let you get to your family business. Thanks for taking time to join us, Jeff. Bob, always a pleasure, man. You be well. You take care. That is Jeff Merrick from NHL Hockey on Rogers, and he is our headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It is one forty-six in Edmonton. I gotta read this uh, email. It has actually come into my uh, Global News account, Bob. Another idea for you: the Edmonton Oilers should get Nick Bugstead from Arizona. Cheap and quite effective defensive center that can pinch you in a little bit of offense as well. He's had a good plus minus on a bad team. He's better than uh, the likes of Shore and Ryan and maybe Yanmark. That one comes to us from John. <laughs> that is an interesting email to get, John. Because I had somebody say the exact same thing to me yesterday. That used to be a regular on this show for several years. That Nick Pug said would be a helpful fit at a $900,000 cap hit for the Edmonton Oilers. And you, sir, are not the same person that this guy was. Uh, this guy, this guy's been in a pretty senior executive role in the NHL before. Uh, we've got two former GMs that used to, uh, three former GMs that used to do the show. Craig Button, Brian Burke, and, uh, Brian Lawton. We'll take a time out. It's 147 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. Let's get to the Orders Now Prospect Report. It is brought to you by ReFace Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation, don't replace reface. What you got,
2: Brendan? Okay, Edmonton's fourth-round pick from 2021, Jake Chason, was traded from the Brandon Wheat Kings to Saskatoon. Today it is the junior hockey trade deadline as mentioned. 19-year-old Chason with 28 points in 36 games this year. He's trailing only Matt Petrov in uh, Oilers' prospects as far as scoring goes. He's a six-foot-two uh, right shot. He plays center and the wing. I think more of the wing, though. Uh, he's looking more and more like a player from what I understand, Bob, and hopefully that continues evolving now that he'll be with three other NHL draftees on the Blades. Perhaps yeah, we'll a wait and see what
0: happens there. Yeah, and I don't think Saskatoon is done. Keep an eye on uh, what what uh, Colin Priestner and the Blades are doing. Uh, all right, uh, want to mention Royal Pizza, pizza and pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for fifty plus years. Royal Pizza have fifteen Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Uh, it's it's old school. It's uh, it's a meal. Believe me, Royal Pizza. None of that thin uh, crust stuff. It's it's the perverse uh big boy pizza. Royalpizza.ca. Everything is real at Royal. That's how you find them. You can check them out online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan likes the Texans. By the way, we didn't even talk about this. What were they doing when in that last game, or does it even matter? Are they still going to get Bryce Young?
2: I think, well, it doesn't matter. And I think that's why Lovey Smith, Smith took the opportunity to stick it to the uh, ownership group there, so to speak, knowing that he was definitely getting fired after that game, regardless. But, Bob, I do not think it changes anything. They're taking a quarterback, whether it's two, three, one, doesn't matter. All right, is we'll it Bryce Young though? Sh- I don't I'm not convinced. I want to see the pre-draft process play out because I think that maybe Stroud has more of those intangibles. I just don't like what Kyler Murray's done as far as little quarterbacks go, you know.
0: Imagine what the would the Chicago Bears trade Justin Fields and then take Bryce Young?
2: I don't. I think that they would keep Justin Fields, trade that pick to Indianapolis, acquire somebody like Michael Pittman, move down a couple spots, and then pick Will Anderson anyway. Yeah, that theory's so good it left Bob speechless. So let's do. Uh, this. Yeah, we're gonna to
0: go to the <laughs> Steadman's History for New West Travel. You can travel in California in April. Yeah, no, go ahead. Are you? Am I back? Do I got you? Gotcha? Are, you
2: weren't. I was just going to wrap it up. Here you are. Yeah, let's do this day Oilers history. This
0: day in Oilers history. I know. That's because I got a call coming in. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. We're going back on the state to 2006. Sean Horkoff, a hat trick. The Oilers beat the Penguins 3-1 at Mellon Arena. UC Marketing was the goal. The Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final um, in 2006. Nobody saw that coming that year. Sidney Crosby without went out, he didn't have a point, and Michelle Tarion lost it. He went nuts on his team. Do you remember
2: that? I think we've even played that on this show a couple times. I was pretty young when it happened, but yes, that's pretty iconic.
0: His line was, It's like they do not care. <laughs> that's what I remember. What's Reid Wilkins got shaking on Inside Sports tonight?
2: That is a great question to which I have not looked at my phone to answer. Okay. Uh, you'll hear from Andrew Okay. Pearce. Well, I've got a fluid Andrew show. Pearce, uh, Regan Bartell going uh, Western Hockey League uh, as the trade deadline wraps up today. So hear from Kelowna okay. Rockets play by play matches. Tomorrow. As
0: well as uh, all right. Great guy, uh, Regan Bartell. Tomorrow's show Sense, Mark Spector for Friends at Aquarian Renovations. And General Manager Pat Verbeek at 105 on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye from 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow. Thank you to everybody who participated in the interactive elements of Oilers Now. Have a terrific Tuesday.